Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast. This is episode 32. It is now officially July. Mitch, we are on the back half of 2021. It's pretty crazy. How's it going? Going good. Yeah, it is. Uh, that is wild. Um, <laughs> when you th- it's like time is time is completely flying <laughs> this year. Like we have a new a whole new world this year. Yeah, it is. Yeah, happy late Fourth of July. Yeah, as well to anyone listening. Yeah, but um, yeah, time is time is moving. We started right around New Year's doing the podcast and. Yep. New Year's so, Eve, to be exact. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it feels like yesterday, but... It does. But anyways, yeah, this is episode 32. So, you know, when we started this podcast, we wanted to just kind of average about one per week. So we're uh, we're definitely ahead of schedule. Um, I think we both would like to try to be a little bit more consistent and, you know, we're both super busy, obviously, but it is nice to be halfway through the year and see that number that we're at 32 already, which is awesome. So um, we'll keep putting stuff out there. Hopefully you guys keep listening, um, learning a little bit. Reach out to us if you ever want to. Um, the podcast streams on Spotify, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. We have our website, hillpursuit.com, where you can access daily blog about fitness training life anything in between you can see and get access to all the previous podcasts episodes notes all that stuff um and then of course give us a follow like subscribe on social media facebook and instagram at hill pursuit and lastly if you want to email us start a conversation hillpursuit at gmail.com is a great starting point so let's kind of dive right in mitch um let's go really brief here what have you been doing for exercise and then we'll dive right in what's going on what's new anything honestly just same same as i've been but i've been trying to get my running back up nothing uh nothing real wild the report what's up up with the elbow how's bjj going with the elbow yeah i you know i haven't rolled this week i actually got a got into new uh got a new tattoo so i gave uh Gave um, rolling a, a week off just with uh, with that. So honestly, it kind of works out. I think I think it kind of forced me to take a little bit of a break there. So we'll uh, we'll undo everything else, but I'll dive back in next week. So all right, are we allowed to know what the new tattoo is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just uh, um, it's got like a compass on there, uh, a map, and you know, it's kind of like a kind of like an outdoor theme type thing. So um, nothing. Uh, it wasn't like a drunk weekend decision. So <laughs> it was uh, it was planned out. So cool. Yeah, that's definitely not what I was implying. But cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Yeah, for me, just real quick for me. Um, I don't think I have anything crazy new to report either, I guess. But Fourth of July weekend, we traveled to the um to the to the lake and i got in a lot of 
really cool workouts. They were all super, super early in the morning, which wasn't ideal. Um, cause you know, at the lake, everybody's up late and it's 4th of July. So, um, awesome bike rides, awesome runs, really had some great sessions. Ironically, I'm at the lake and I didn't get any swims in, but that's just cause I didn't have any over the couple days that I was there. And my only availability to train was literally in the dark. So I wasn't going to swim, you know, for a workout. I wasn't going to swim for a workout in the dark. It's not, that's stupid. So got a couple good sessions in there. And yesterday I had, um, about like a seven and a half ish came out to be mile run. And I also had a bike, so I didn't want to do both in the dark. So I, I put my run into the afternoon because, you know, we've talked about this before. You got to put, you got to train in the elements sometimes. And yesterday was smoking hot, super mm -hmm. high humidity, and it was a tempo run. So I had an easy warm up, easy cool down, but then I had about a half hour in the middle that I was supposed to really push the tempo. And typically I would go off a of pace and say, okay, this is where my pace is going to be for a half hour. But yesterday I really had to just go off of feel and RPE, um, which is rating of perceived exertion. I, I blogged about it briefly yesterday, but um, so check that out if you want. But yeah, so that was, I mean, it, it was a really challenging run, but I really liked that stuff. So that was a good run. That was one of my favorite workouts recently. So um, that's really it for me too. So let's just kind of dive right in now at this point. So last episode, episode 31, we discussed, um, a little bit of hypertrophy and, you know, we intended to get into hypertrophy in any and all compound lifts or just a little bit of everything. Um, uh, we really only got into the deadlift and the back squat. So let's just kind of continue that discussion a little bit, um, we'll go into, well, we can just go wherever it takes us, I guess, Mitch, but I think ideally we were thinking um, maybe a, some sort of upper body, whether it's a, a horizontal or a vertical press or, or pull or some of some sort, and then um, talk about it a little bit as it relates to some Olympic lifts. If we get, if we get there today, if not, we can make that a different, a different episode. but um yeah, we'll call this part two hypertrophy and compound lifts. Uh, so um, deadlift, back squat done. Let's go into some upper body pressing. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, yeah. And just a quick note, I actually did. I did th um, my squat the other day. And after my main working sets, I dropped down and did like three by 15. So I'm um, kind of messed with the higher volume on the squat. Nice. And, uh, Perfect. And how, how did it feel? Brutal. Yeah, but form form technique. Form, I was going to say form technique was fine, um, but like I said, my lungs were. I was it was brutal. I felt like it feels feel like a sprint, and yeah. um, you just kind of got to pace yourself. But let's jump into the upper body. Um, I think upper body is probably the easiest to say that you can do high volume work. Uh, I don't think you're near as vulnerable um, injury wise. I think the learning curve is a lot quicker than um, lower body lifts like the deadlift or the squat. And I think if you fail, you're not putting yourself, I mean, the bench obviously has someone there spotting you if you're doing higher volume work. Um, but I think the when you do fail, I think it's a lot safer. I don't think you're as invulnerable in different positions. So 
You know yeah, I, mean? I agree. I think a, a big part of uh, the difference between lower body and upper body, of course, aside from the location of the body is just the size of the muscle groups too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not going to feel as winded um, with upper body hypertrophy, you know, again, somewhere around 12 ish, eight to 12 ish repetitions, somewhere in there, six to 12, I guess, by definition, but somewhere around eight to 12, um, for the upper body. And the other big reason you're not going to feel as winded is because your heart, your heart isn't moving at all, you know, the deadlifts with a back squat with some of the power, uh, power and Olympic lifts that we'll discuss a little bit there's literally elevation change with each repetition. Now, even if you're, even if you're doing a a standing, um, you know, a vertical press, a shoulder press, or, you know, some version of a shoulder press, I guess if we get into push press and, and, and push jerks, that's a little bit different, but um, those are probably more Olympic variations, I guess. But with this, just a strict press overhead, there's no elevation change. There's a lot of uh, stabilizing muscles that are required, which is, it's a very difficult lift, um, but there's no elevation change. So your heart rate isn't going to skyrocket for a set of 15, like it would for, like you just said, for a back squat set of 15. So um, there's also, um, I think with upper body lifts, whether it's, I'd say more so, well, Let's talk about this. Which which type of lift, a horizontal or um, a vertical press? And we can just start with the really simple, most popular versions of those. And, you know, kind of like we did last time, there's obviously variations where you can use dumbbells, unilateral, bilateral, kettlebells, bands, whatever. But let's just talk barbell just so we, everybody can kind of relate to this. What what um, what lift requires more technique, do you think, or what lift are we more susceptible to screw up in comparing maybe a, um, a bench press versus a, a strict overhead press? Um, I'm, you know, just kind of thinking out loud. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, um, I think one of the biggest concerns is, um, lower back and posterior chain spinal alignment and not hyperextending honestly with both of those lifts but i would say more so with a standing strict press what do you think yeah i don't i think it's kind of half one does the other yeah for that it's i don't even know i think i think a lot of that's just based off the lifters experience and do they have time under the bar on the bench? Do they have time under the bar on the overhead press? Um, so I'm going to say that's, I'm going to put that up to, that's a lot of, that's experience based. And because um, the overhead press too, I think it's important to remember that new press with an overhead press, you should be, everything should be activated. So you're kind of letting that bar sit in your lats, your, um, your lats are almost like a shelf and you're squeezing your glutes together. Your legs are tight and you're kind of planting yourself into the floor. Um, so everything is being a stabilizer at that point. And same thing with the bench too. 
Um, if you see someone that's an experienced bencher or someone that has time under the bar benching, they're not, they don't just lay down on the bench press and let the bar fall to their chest and press it back up. They, they get under, they set up, um, every, their feet are planted into the floor and their upper back, like their upper back is pressed into the pad of the bench usually, and their back is squeezed and it is tight. And that's the biggest thing. And that's probably, if you're doing high volume work, that's probably the stuff that's going to fall apart first is your tightness. You know, whether you take your first five reps with a big breath and you don't lose your breath after the first rep, and then it just starts turning into maybe reps of three, reps of two from that point. So back to your question, like which one's safer? I think that's just more of an experience thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree. And I think um, instinctively when I, when I said which one's safer, I meant posturally and not really uh, like, not really, not really in the sense of, am I going to drop 200 pounds onto my neck, you know, onto my neck or my forehead of a bench press? Obviously you can bail, <laughs> you can bail yeah. out of a standing strict press a lot easier than a bench press. That's not what I meant. I guess I meant more posturally. Um, but I think you hit the you hit on a pretty good point there that um, with even with the bench press, obviously with both with both, but with the bench press, that's not where my brain was really going. So you know, I think that was a good point that you know you don't just lay down on the bench press and start throwing weight around, um, especially because you're in a lot more of a vulnerable position than just freestanding with a barbell that you can throw in front of you and back out of the way if if there's an emergency right if there's some yeah. sort of you need to bail on a lift for a safety purpose but yeah there's no bailing in a on a bench press unless you have a spotter and it's definitely not something you just sit down and do but in that sense i think um it is very important because of course if you have bad technique on a bench press you got all sorts of issues that could come mm -hmm. up you got shoulder elbow collarbone um, mid back, upper back, lower back. I mean, you have your, um, your hip flexors are even going to be activated a little bit because yeah. mm -hmm. you're, you're driving your feet into the floor. So, I mean, there's a little bit of everything that if you're, if your technique is a little bit off and you're under a heavy load, you know, I guess that's a little bit outside of the hypertrophy realm, but could fall into hypertrophy. Um, yeah, you could, you could, easily pull something in any of those areas that would force you to you know be in a become in a, in a vulnerable position so um i guess in the sense of the weight you know it's it's a lot more dangerous under the barbell as opposed to uh, on a bench press as opposed to a more freestanding position but in terms of posturally i think there's more skill there's there they both have um, a high level of skill I think but I think there's a little bit more skill in that freestanding position where you're only in contact with the floor through your through your feet in a standing strict press that um, a lot of people at least in my experience it's a little bit more of a challenge to teach a newer person how to strict press safely um, a newer athlete or a newer client how to strict press safely than um, bench press safely um, I see a lot of hyperextending at the hip, you know, people overloading, um, you know, um, yeah, the strict press is a really hard lift and, and, you know, 
why don't you just share share your numbers of strict press and bench press if you have something close off the top of your head or just guess. Like best record, like best lifts in general? Not ever, but just like right now, if you had to do a three RM for each, what would it be? Shoot, dude, I don't even bench, man. I don't even have a bench in my garage gym. Really? So if I could get three, if I could get 300 for three, I think I'd be lucky at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, overhead press, um, free rep, give me like 170s. Maybe. Right. So that's, that's the only point I'm making is it's way less on a shoulder. Uh, press, yeah, it's, press, phenomenal. Right? it's phenomenally less. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you'll have an athlete have, have a tendency to force themselves to attempt to lift more. Right. And mm-hmm. when, when you're throwing too much weight on the bar and this is where it, it really takes a good coach's eye, but um, when you're putting too much weight on the bar, and you're doing high repetitions within within the realm of hypertrophy, a lot can go wrong. And I just feel like a lot more can go wrong with someone who's inexperienced in doing that in the standing, like a, a strict press or a shoulder press, um, due to the the less the lesser stability. They're like you're not now. If we talk about a seated a seated shoulder press, it's a little bit different. You have a little bit more points of contact, right? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I see a lot of I see a lot of people doing strict press who should not be doing strict press or who just need to need a lot more practice at lesser intensities. So yeah, and um, I think it all, I think it comes back to time under, and I, I think it goes back to like what, what I think for me I had a I think the bench can be. And neither, they, I don't think neither of them are like the squat and the deadlift, but I think the bench had a, had a little bit more of a feel um, to watch for, from, this is a personal experience. I think the bench had a little bit more feel um, to what feels right than the overhead press. For me, I kind of, kind of grow a little bit opposite to what you're saying, to be honest with you. I kind of, myself, I kind of grooved into the overhead press where like, hey, my lats are, the bar is sitting on my lats. I'm keeping my elbows tucked. Like it made sense to me. Um, yeah. You know, um, I'm squeezing my glutes. Everything's activated like that. Like it just, why wouldn't I be doing that? You know, I'm trying to press weight over my head. I wouldn't, you're almost like a pillar at that point. And, yeah. um, and then the bench there, and I don't want to make it sound like the bench is super complicated, but there is a lot going on there a little bit. And I think you hit the hip flexors and then that, that, made me, that makes me laugh because that is, if I start straining, that is usually the first thing that will cramp up. Like I'll be yep. like three quarters of the way through and my hip flex, because essentially you want to be pushing your feet through the floor when you're um, starting to struggle on the bench. And that's, what's going to push your, your um, back into the uh, pad of the bench, which essentially will push, push it away. Um, so, but both lists, when you start, your form starts breaking down, that's when you want to start thinking, I want to stay tight. And I think another thing with the bench too, is the weight is never off you. Like you, when, when do you rest on the bench? Like say you're doing a high volume bench set, the weight is, you're still activating everything in the weights. You don't rest it on your chest. You rest it in the lockdown position too. So essentially you're really never getting a break on the bench. Um, Overhead press, you can kind of let it, 
let it sit down in the rack position um, for a few seconds before you go again. So I think that's a little bit unique. Um, I haven't benched it. And it's just because I don't have a bench in my garage gym. I do other horizontal pressing um, to supplement that. So I've been out of the bench pressing game for a while, but I think you, I think even if you are a beginner, I think that's a, they're a good list that you can kind of start dabbling in to um, feel what high volume works like and definitely mess with like the dumbbell component for both. Um, I see, I think a dumbbell overhead press, I don't, that's, that takes some steps to being able to stabilize yourself. Yeah. yeah. Two free moving objects now. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, if you're, if you're not rotating your shoulder and your forearm throughout a dumbbell, a bilateral dumbbell overhead press. Yeah. That is a, that's a tough lift. Um, that's brutal. Yeah. That's really hard. Um, <clears throat> just for the interest of time, why don't we just stay right here and talk about some, uh, variations or ways to kind of build into each of these movements. Yeah. Um, for me, I really like, I guess we'll start at, st start at the basic stuff, I guess, not basic, but I guess in concept, if you have no equipment, what can we, you know, what can you do with your body? Um, so I think the, the first start would be some, some variation of a push-up, right? So um, if you have nothing, you don't have any pieces of equipment, but you're trying to get become a little bit more skilled in these lifts before really overloading in a gym setting. Push-ups are great. You know, why not? Why, and if you can't string in, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 repetitions of push-ups, you know, get, put your knees down to the point that you can access that repetition, that rep scheme, um, um, and, and just kind of build the capacity of the, the muscles involved, the movement pattern, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I think, I think the next step of a push-up is um, almost like a, um, a little bit of like a, a decline or an increased range of motion push-up where it's almost like a, like L bars. If, if someone were to have those or pirouette bars is what they're, what they could be called, where your range of motion is increased at the, um, at the, at the, the pause at the bottom, essentially of that movement. And, um, I think that is just an incredible, it's great for mobility in that, in that musculature. So in the shoulders, um, in the chest, not really increased mobility of the triceps necessarily, but super active throughout obviously um but i think those like if, if you're able to progress 15 to 20 repetitions on a regular push-up increasing the range of motion a little bit is in my in my perspective i i like that um i like that progression as opposed to just going directly to a barbell um, or bypassing any other, you know, dumbbell or kettlebell or band or anything like that. So I really like an, an increased range of motion push up as like the next step. Why don't you jump in? Go ahead. Yeah, I think push. I think everyone should be able to do push ups. If you're starting to, if you're starting to get into um, training, I think you need to be able to do like 10 quality push ups. Um, just for your own sake and then kind of go from there um, overhead press 
that's a tough one to uh like if you don't have a barbell that's a tough one to kind of if you don't have any equipment and that's a tough one to provide an alternative to yeah um, i think i think my gut is um some form of like a piked push-up so yeah. elevated hips um got to be careful with the hands and the range of motion like with the hand position though because that can quickly turn into just a tricep extension if you're doing it incorrectly so if you have nothing and you like a pike position is just elevated hips um um maintaining uh some as close to as possible um an extended knee <clears throat> with the hips high and essentially performing a shoulder press but only to the range of motion of your head so you're not really doing the full range of motion down to the to the collarbone but it's still it's still the same the same movement pattern um when do you think um just because this is a relatively popular movement in you know the fitness world when do you think like a, a handstand push-up comes into play i knew we were going to talk Super about this. high skilled movement but where like when does it happen because you know it, there's a lot of stability required for a handstand push-up. obviously, um, you know, does it happen before or after a standing shoulder press? Like when, when does that happen? I think absolutely after. I think there, you can definitely injure yourself. Obviously you can fall on your, fall on your head. Um, so I think getting a good base with the barbell, getting strong with the bar. I don't dabble in overhead. I mean, I, I've done them, um, handstand pushups. Uh, but I think definitely the the building blocks is just the barbell press. I think it's the simplest way to get stronger. And then from there, if you want to dabble into the, uh, um, the handstand pushup, go for it. But I definitely think it comes after all that. Like you said, I don't think it's, it does take skill. I think it, it takes a lot of strength. It's the relative strength is um, has to be pretty high to yeah. perform one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think there's way too much um, stability and skill required for that to put it anywhere before uh, barbell efficiency. So, um, just real quick, another couple ways that we can kind of progress to these lifts. I like unilateral work mm -hmm. sometimes. I think that can really highlight inefficiencies throughout bilateral movement through something, you know, called a bilateral deficit. We don't really need to dive into that, but um, I like unilateral um, overhead presses, you know, call it a, a band, call it mm -hmm. a, a dumbbell, a kettlebell, um, I also really like, you know, in, in that sense, I would recommend that people use a mirror so they can ensure that they're maintaining spinal alignment and stability throughout. But um, I also, you know, any type of lateral raise, frontal raise, where you're just like working that musculature, it's not necessarily the movement pattern. It's not the movement pattern but you're working that musculature if you literally have no efficiency in the moving pattern itself. So, um, I'm cool with that stuff too. I like, um, what else for like the, the bench press, some accessory type of work, 
could we, now we're talking about having some implements now, what, what type of, uh, you know, first comes to mind for me, is like some sort of fly. If you have the ability to do like a bilateral fly or a fly machine or something like what, what else do you think real quick in the last minute or two here? Uh, I think incline pressing. Incline pressing. Is a good one. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, then just dumbbell bench pressing. I think that's, um, that's difficult because you have to pr stay pretty tight doing that. And you can mess around with some high volume work as well. And if you fail on that, you just kind of, you let the dumbbell fly a little bit. Um, it's not as important to have a spotter there doing those uh, inclined dumbbell work. Uh, I love push-ups too. I think definitely push-ups. If you have any kind of straps, you can do uh, push-ups on a TRX strap. So that's like increasing your range of motion, having you to be a little bit more stable. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love, <clears throat> I mean, it sounds really simple, but you know, dumbbell work, it really does highlight a lot of potential inefficiencies that yeah. you might have with barbell work if you're if you're someone who's trying to progress to that. So um, if you have dumbbells or kettlebells or, you know, a TRX is awesome. Now those now TRX is if you're if you're progressing with some some sort of pushing motion that can get really tricky, too, because there's a lot of stabilization that's required depending on how long your, your lever is and how close, how close yeah. you're keeping the TRX to, you know, that pivot point, but that's a whole nother discussion, but um, lots of stability required when you have, um, when you're using that type of equipment, whether it's you know, a TRX or some other form of um, suspension training, I guess, but yeah, huge fan of dumbbells. I think that's a great way to progress and really highlight any inefficiencies that you do have um, in terms of the musculature and the movement pattern itself. You know, you're, you're typically going to be a little bit stronger on one side than the other and dumbbells do a good job at highlighting that. So yeah, let me just make one more quick. Yeah. yeah go for it. I just thought um, someone that I had trained, it was actually a relative. Um, I was banged up. So I, I had to take a while off of training. So I trained her and I was getting her into doing push-ups. Um, and essentially what you do, and this is for someone that's kind of getting into it, you can, you can put the, the barbell on a rack at a certain height, start up high and start doing push-ups. It's kind of inverted. So your feet are back a little bit, your hands are on the barbell and you start doing push-ups um, against the barbell like that. And as you progress, just kind of slowly bring the rack, the um, pins of the rack down to another, another hole inside the rack, and put the barbell and slowly go lower and lower and lower as you progress forward. I think that's a great way to implement a push-up as well if you're starting to um, get some horizontal press work in. Yeah, that's that's a great um, that's a great strategy. And it's also a really safe way to do it, right? Because you're exactly. making contact yeah. and you're not going directly to the push-up immediately. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, that's a that's a great that's like a wall push-up, right? Start there and then slowly lower it. And then that's a great way to do it if you have a rack and a barbell. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, that, that'll wrap up our hypertrophy and lower body, upper body. I think we'll probably do a part three where we'll talk about this as it relates to Olympic lifts. That'll be next time, but that's going to wrap up today. Um, again, this is episode 32. If you want to reach out to us or find us on social, we're at Hill Pursuit. Check out the website, hillpursuit.com. Um, 31 other podcast episodes in addition to this one. So feel free to go back 
find those episodes on the website, streaming on Spotify, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Check us out. And if you want to drop us a line uh, uh, via email or hillpursuit at gmail.com, and we would love to have a conversation with you. So anything else from you, Mitch? No. Have a good day. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.